Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. I want to just uh, take some time and uh, I don't know, I, I think it, it's been a long time since I really felt like we've had uh, just a, a, not a shotgun approach, but a rifle approach to where it is that God is taking us. I feel like we are so honed in on the things that we are doing right now and where we are going, both as a church, as families, as a ministry. I really feel we're going to, we are relaunching the church in April 23rd. We are relaunching CWC. We are going to, right now we are in the process of re, re, uh, looking over everything from the ground up at CWC, revamping, reorganizing, restructuring so that we could get better. We want to make sure that we're taking time to look at what we're doing from our every ministry. Is our, are our ministries accomplishing what they're created for? And uh, we're meeting with our leadership to really take time to refocus everything. Everything from our having parking lot attendants to greeters outside to our ushering to our follow-up. Uh, all our ministries just totally revamping everything. And so... Uh, we're, we're in that process of beginning to, to develop our teams that are going to help us in organizing and making that happen. And so uh, I'm real excited about where we're going. I'm excited about what's taking place. And we want you to be part of this. We don't want you just looking on the outside and say, okay, show us what you're doing. We want you to be a part of these transitions and be part of CWC. And when people come to me and say, man, pastor, you got a great church. Uh, you know what? I'll stop them and say, no, I don't have a great church. We have a great church. This is your church as well. Amen. And so don't don't just point at the church. And one of those things that God really planted in my heart this year is just heaven on earth. I really believe that not as a theme. I really believe that God has given us a mandate as mankind to declare heaven on earth. In fact, if you would stand with me, turn your Bibles with me to the book of Matthew chapter six. And as you're turning to Matthew chapter six, I want you to understand this. I need you to understand that heaven on earth is not a fairy tale. It's a promise. Heaven on earth is not a fairy tale. It's a promise. And one of the things that we have found as a church, uh, especially this new church, the 21st century church, is that anything good that God has promised, we push off until we get to heaven. That if it's healing, oh, when I get to heaven, I won't be sick. If it's uh, financially well off, oh, when I get to heaven, I won't have any worries. When I get to heaven, we always push off into the future rather than bringing God's promises into the now. And God promised us these things now, not just when we die. And look at the Lord's Prayer. It starts off in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, and I find it interesting that the disciples understood that they needed to learn to pray, not to preach. They needed to learn to pray, not to heal the sick. They needed to learn to pray, not to walk on water. Because if they learned the key of relationship with God, all those other things would follow. Priority. Your relationship with God has to be a priority. God cannot be a hobby in your life. Say it again, Pastor. God cannot be a hobby. God's not a hobby. God's a priority. And he says this, in this manner, therefore pray. Now read this with me. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. 
Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let's pray. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Now, first of all, I find it interesting that when Jesus first introduces us to the Father, the very first introduction we get as to who God is, is not Elohim, not El Shaddai, not El Elyon, not uh, Yahweh, not Adonai. He doesn't introduce us to the Old Testament version of who God is by explaining the names of God, Jehovah uh, Jireh, Jehovah Shammah, Jehovah Zikhanu. He doesn't explain, he doesn't say, this is how you pray. Pray Elohim, pray Jehovah this, Jehovah that. He introduces God as Father. Out of of all the ways that that Jesus could have explained God, he shows that in the New Testament, God is interested in relationship, family. And that's why I say that CWC is not a church, it's a family. We, We are building a family, not just a church, not an organization. We are building a family because that's what Jesus wanted. He said, my pray in this manner, my our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. In other words, holy, set apart. Then he says this, Pray, pray. He goes, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so that tells me this, that this must be important, right? That, that bringing heaven to earth, the very first thing we pray after we hallow the name of God or honor the name of God, our priority that God gave us to pray was to bring heaven to earth. Wasn't to, for, for homelessness to end, wasn't for divorce to end, wasn't for sickness to be cured. The very first thing God called us to do was pray that heaven would invade earth. Number one. God placed a priority on heaven coming down to earth, not you going to heaven. Praying heaven to earth, not you going to heaven. And so the priority that God gave us here was this, so it must be important. Because what Jesus is is implying, that heaven isn't a place that we go. Heaven is an environment that we can enjoy. That heaven is a place and an atmosphere we could step into. That God wants you to enjoy the benefits of heaven today, not just when you die. Now, now a religious mindset is having a very hard time with this. Because we think of heaven as the streets of gold, the mansions. But I need you to understand that What makes heaven heaven isn't the streets of gold or the mansions. It's the presence of God. What makes heaven heaven is the manifested presence of God. And if we could experience the manifested presence of God on earth today, that's what God's will for our lives is right now. Your kingdom come Your will be, God, what do you want done? And if you want to see what what God's will looks like, look at Jesus. Because whatever Jesus did became a manifestation of God's will for our lives on earth. What God thought about sickness, what God thought about death, what God thought about poverty, that God showed up and Jesus healed those that were sick, he raised those that were dead, and he also fed those that were hungry. And so let's take a step in. Jesus would never invite us to pray something that was impossible. Right? This would be a con. 
If Jesus said, pray your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, then Jesus would be conning us if it was impossible for heaven to come down to earth. He would be fooling us. But it's apparently it must be possible because when Jesus came, Jesus just didn't come. Jesus just didn't come to earth. Jesus brought his world with us, with him. He didn't just come into the world. He brought his world with him. He brought his world of healing. He brought his world of deliverance. He brought his world of breakthrough. So Jesus just didn't come into the world. He brought his world, his experience, his environment with him. Now, last week I shared this with you, and this is just kind of review right here. I gave you God's mission statement for us in Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. This was God's mission statement. Every great company has a mission statement. God has his own mission statement in Genesis 1.28. Then God blessed them. I told you last week, you were created to be blessed. Say it again, Pastor, that God created you to be blessed. It says here, God blessed them. Blessing is God's will for your life. Then he says this, God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, and have dominion over, and then he explains, fish of the sea, birds of the air, and so forth. So I want you to see God's expectation. These are God's four expectations for mankind. This is what God created you to do. If you're wondering what your purpose is, here's your purpose right here. Everyone say this, be fruitful, multiply, fill, or subdue. This is God's plan for your life. God created you to be fruitful. And so everything God, and that's just not talking about reproduction. We're not talking about just just having kids. If that was the case, some of you are doing a great job. You're you're trying to reproduce the earth all on your own, and way, way to go. But the reality is God is talking more than just having procreation. God is talking about, he's not just talking about procreation here. God's talking about, it's not just uh, just consuming, but contributing. And it's not about us just having kids. It's about us being productive. What are you adding to the world? I asked you last week, what are you adding to the world? Are you just taking from the world? Are you add- The world has to be better because you're here. Okay. Secondly, we talked about multiply. Multiply means to grow. It's just not to to increase. And when it talks about increase, it means that as a result of it, we have to grow. We have to excel. You should be the best in your field. Wherever you're at. Whatever company that you work for, you should be the elite. They should know that when they call you, they can count on you. Now, you might not be the most talented. You might not be the most gifted, but you're going to bring your best. You're going to excel. You're going to take your talents, your resources, your ability, and you're going to maximize what God has given to you, and you are going to multiply, and you are going to excel in whatever arena that you are planted in. Now that that means this if you're if now now you might be sitting here a stay at home mom then you better be the best stay at home mom that's around you better be, be you better have that house humming you better have things taken care of you better have things you got to make sure that things are working at your house you got to be you take your talents take your abilities take your giftings and you dominate you multiply in that house That's what you were created for Then it says fill everyone say fill That word fill means to transform environments. Too many of us, when we face a tough time, all we do is complain about our environments. We don't change them. 
And true leaders have the ability to shift environments, not just reflect them. Lastly, he says, subdue, take territory through influence. And we have a responsibility that our influence, when you're, now listen, listen very carefully. You don't gain influence at the job you're in by preaching to your coworkers. You gain influence at your job by being good at what you do. You might be a janitor at the, at the job that you're working at right now. And after you walk out of that room, it's still dirty. And yet you're telling everyone that you work with, hey, you gotta, you, man, you got to come to my church. You got to come see, you know what, man, we got a great worship team. Our pastor can preach and, you know, you're going to enjoy it and so forth. I ain't going to your church because every time you clean a room, I have to go back in and clean up your mess. You following me? You better excel in what you do. Because we subdue the world through influence. That if you're good at what you do in that that arena, you're going to gain influence from the people you're talking to. And then your words are going to gain value. And the problem is, is that we're so busy preaching to people that we're not getting better in the things that we're doing. Subduing is taking territory. Get better. Listen, we invest into a lot of things. We invest into, into the stock. We, we invest into, into a house. We invest into our, our business. But how many of you are taking time to invest into you? We talk about home improvement, but what about you improvement? Not self-improvement, you improvement. It's the last time you read a book just so that you could get better. When's the last time you did something so that you could grow as a husband? You can grow as a believer. That you can grow in, in the area of finance, maybe for your family. You got to get, we have to get better. And I want to challenge you this year, get better. Now let me take you a step further on this, okay? So mankind was created to be fruitful, to reproduce. Every one of us is reproducing something. To multiply, to excel, to fill or to transform, and to subdue. To influence the earth. Now, let let me take you through this. I I shared this a few years back, but I want to kind of review this. Take a look at atmospheres, these these, uh, environments. How do we change things? And every one of us has experienced this. Have you ever walked into a room where someone has just got done arguing? You weren't there for the argument. But you're, you're all happy, and you walk in, and then you walk right into it. You didn't hear the argument. You weren't there for the words that were said. But as soon as you walk in that room, you feel it. It's called an atmosphere. And an atmosphere is whatever the prevailing spirit is in that room. There are spirits in the rooms. There is a spiritual realm. Okay? I want you to be aware of this. Likewise, have you ever walked into a room when someone just got done telling a joke and everyone's laughing and then you walk in and they just got done? <laughs> what? 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 You want to know what, what happened. You're, you're, because you want to laugh too. We, we want to be joyful and you're looking around. It's an atmosphere. And if that atmosphere is sustained, let's say that atmosphere of anger, and you walked in in the middle of that atmosphere of anger, if that atmosphere is sustained in a household, in a business, in a company, at a school, in a community, that atmosphere will soon become a climate. 
And that climate now, a climate is anything that becomes steady. It's something you can count on. Now, if you're going to go to Florida, normally, what are you going to pack? Yeah. If you're going to go to Alaska, normally, what are you going to pack? You're going to dress a little warmer. Now, if, you, if you're heading out to Alaska and you're getting on a plane in Florida and you're getting on with boots and a parka and everything, people are going to think you're crazy. The problem is they don't know where you're going. And you got a lot of people that are judging how you're dressed today for where you're going tomorrow. Don't let them judge you when they don't know where you're headed to. Because I'm dressed for, I'm going somewhere that you're, you're, I'm preparing for where I'm headed to right now. So don't judge where I'm at right now. You got to judge where my destination is. But when you have a climate that becomes steady, that climate, when it continues as well, will eventually become a stronghold. Now, strongholds are usually negative. But if you have a stronghold of love in a family where they're used to love going out, then there's going to be the stronghold. And the stronghold, I usually define a stronghold as this, any thought or idea that is contrary to the word of God. Any thought or idea that is contrary to the word of God is usually a stronghold, okay? And and so when you have a stronghold, that stronghold says this, you know, I, I know God says to love everyone, but you don't know what they did to me. It's a stronghold. I know, I know the word says to give, but you know what? You don't know my finances right now. Stronghold. You know, I know the word says not to have sex outside of marriage, but you know what? We're eventually going to get married. Stronghold. Because any thought or idea that is contrary to the word of God becomes a stronghold in our lives. And I do, I do not believe Christians can be demon-possessed, but I do believe that the enemy can oppress areas of our lives. To where the enemy is able to step in and have control in our lives. Because we have a thought that doesn't agree with heaven. Likewise, you could have a stronghold of goodness in your life. A stronghold of love. That I don't care what my children do, I love them. I don't care what what goes on in my marriage, I love my wife. I don't care what takes place with with friends at work, I'm still going to love them because Jesus told me to forgive 70 times 7. I'm going to love them. And when we allow the word of God to take root in our lives, that stronghold, once it continues, it becomes something that can become a culture. Now, now, what's a culture? You got to understand, how many of you are Latin in the place this morning? Okay? How many of you come from maybe... uh, um, a Polynesian descent. Okay, a few of you. How many of you come are, are Filipino? Okay, there's a, there's a few of you as well. Every one of us has our own culture. We identify races based off culture. Now, we're all the same people, DNA-wise. 99% of us are the same. We're human. 99%, whether you're black, white, it doesn't matter what color you are, we are 99% the same. The part that makes us usually different is our culture. In our family, we do this. In our family, we do that. In our family, we open up gifts on Christmas Eve. Our family, you don't touch a gift until Christmas morning. Our family, we, you, now you, you see what I'm saying? Because we have our traditions. And that when there's a culture, that becomes that the way of doing things. This is a, way, a culture is a way of living. And what God is inviting us to do is to bring the culture of heaven 
heaven's atmosphere, heaven's climate, heaven's stronghold, and heaven's culture and bring that down to earth. But the only way that we've stepped into atmospheres where you walk in just like that room and you feel the presence of God, you're like, whoa. Yeah, some of you will actually get physical manifestations where literally the back of the, the hair in the back of your head will stand. You'll get goosebumps, and you know that God is there. Now, now I'm not, I've never been one of those, those uh, a spiritual wingnut that all of a sudden is, oh, wait a minute, I see a vision on the top of your forehead. And, you know, the Lord's telling, cough three times and spin around five times, and God's going give, to give me a word for you or whatever. I've never been that, but I, there are times that I know that I know that I've encountered God. That God's presence has shown up in a manner where it's just not, it's just not me praying and, and, and inviting God. There are times that God's presence has shown up. And when you walk into that presence, it is, it is humbling. Don't tell me the presence of God has shown up and you're still standing on your feet. Because when the presence of the king really shows up, you can't do anything but kneel. If we had royal, if Queen Elizabeth were to walk in here right now and we were to stand in front of her, even as a human being, protocol says to do what? Bow. What if the king of the universe showed up right now? The problem is some of us have more honor for the politicians than we do for the creator. And we need to have, once again, in our lives, we, we come to church and we experience an atmosphere. And then we go back home into the climate of despair. Come back into the atmosphere of love at church, and then you go back into that climate that can't sustain it. And I've always said this, have you ever seen a palm tree in Alaska? It's because it can't grow it there. It can't sustain the growth. And many of us, it's only in the, in the presence of God that you're going to be able to grow the things that you need to grow. Now think about it. You're successful where you're at right now. But how successful would you grow if you stayed in the presence of God? If you made God a priority, not a hobby. What would happen in your life if you became so dedicated to allow every morning rolling out of, the, out of your bed and just asking God into your day, God, everything I do, God, my prayer lately is, God, I want to know you. Uh, Lord, I want to know you so that I can grow you, so that I can show you. I want to know you so that I can grow you, so I can show you. I want to know you deeper so that I can grow wider, so then I can show you off to the people around me. I want to know you, God. I want to grow in my knowledge of you. But if you're not taking time to develop and sustain the atmosphere so that it becomes a, a, a climate then becomes a stronghold and develops into a, a culture into your life you're never going to change the way you live in any aspect of your life if you're trying to change your family you got to go from an atmosphere to a culture and we can tell you know uh, we're, we're going to forgive in our family now okay guys from now on we are going to forgive whenever someone does anything we're, when we ask forgiveness it is now gone and this is the way it's going to be okay and so you're developing you're shifting the, the atmosphere right now your kid comes in I wrecked the car dad I took it without asking, and I, I wrecked the car. I, I, I'm sorry. Okay. You have a choice right now what kind of atmosphere we're going to create. 
I'm not always good at this, huh, Jax? But one of the realities is this, is that when you make the choice to forgive, you just change that atmosphere into a climate. And now that child's not afraid next time to come back to you and admit a fault because that atmosphere is now being sustained. And now I could trust that there's a climate of forgiveness in our family, a climate of love. And as we continue to show that, all of a sudden something takes place that you shouldn't normally forgive. Prodigal son kind of issue. And yet you show love because now it's a, not a climate, it's a stronghold. Love's not something we do. Love is who we are. Because God is love, I'm love. And so now that atmosphere that's turned into a climate has now become a stronghold. That's the way we believe. And you'll never change your experience until you change your thinking. You'll never change your experiences in life until you transform your thinking. This Wednesday, we're going to talk in reboot. We're going to talk about how, you know, Jesus called a reboot repentance. Paul talked about rebooting as renewing your mind. And this Wednesday, we're going to talk about renewing your mind, how to renew your mind, how to get out of that stinking thinking, how to break those strongholds that are negative in your life in order to develop new ones that are positive. And when that stronghold that's positive continues, it becomes now a culture. Have you seen those families that just got it together? You look at them and think, man. Now, you might, they might not have as much money as you do, but they have more joy. They might not drive as nice of a car as you, but they're always together. And you look at them and you think, wow, how do they make that happen? They got a culture in that family. They've sustained it. And it's not just them. It's like their parents are that way. Their grandparents are that way. That they're friendly. That just wherever you go, these individuals, are. there's just something about them. You just want to hang out with them. You're like, man, why can't my family be this cool? That's what heaven on earth is all about. It's about inviting the culture of heaven to invade our culture called earth. This morning, it's hilarious because I'm not even going to get through four of these slides for today. God gave earth to mankind to rule. And I want, I'm going to close with this. So, um, Sefa, if you can come help me out a little bit. I was joking with Ange. I think I got like 52 slides on my message this morning. I said, we're going to go until like 4 o'clock today. (laughs) But we're just going to have to come back next week as we we finish this off. As we continue, not finish it. But God gave the earth to mankind to rule. And out of this whole earth he creates, he plants a garden. And what blows me away the most is the Bible says that God didn't allow growth throughout the whole world because there was no man to tend it. Did you catch that? He created the whole earth, plants a garden, but the rest of the earth is void because Satan has been cast down to earth and he's running around on the earth at that time. He's been cast down. 
But out of everything, there's a garden that was planted there that God's presence dwelt in. What made the Garden of Eden the Garden of Eden was not the plants. It was the presence, just like heaven. It's the presence of God. That's where God's plan was now to take these people that he created and have them multiply but not stay in the garden. It was never about staying in the garden. It was about multiplying and then reproducing and then going outside the garden and planting another garden and then taking the seeds that were in the garden and then planting another garden and then taking the seeds from that garden and planting another garden, sending their children out to subdue, to create, to to administrate, to, to begin to be fruitful, to multiply, to fill and to subdue and then to have another family grow up and then take the seeds and go plant another garden and begin to take over the whole world by the presence of God and planting the seeds that were in the garden. God's plan has never changed. Even when Adam fell, God's plan still hadn't changed. God always planned to have a man created in his image reproduce the presence of heaven on earth. When Adam gave that up, God sent his son a man created in his image to come destroy the works of the enemy and subdue the earth. And so when Jesus walked around and healed people, he was bringing the kingdom. When he delivered people that were possessed, he was bringing the kingdom. Are you following me? I need you to understand that you were created to bring the kingdom. You're to take the seeds of heaven and plant them. But it always starts at home first. We can't transform a city until we transform our living room. Right where you are right now, heads bowed and eyes closed. It's not about having the perfect family. I don't have one. I'm working on it. I'm working to get better, but I'm trying to become the better me. I'm trying to become the the man that God wants me to be. And every one of you, every individual here right now, you've been called to multiply, to be fruitful, to fill, and to subdue. Every one of us is reproducing something. The question is what? Are you reproducing you? Or are you reproducing the kingdom, heaven, because it's all about reproducing Christ. God wants you to be blessed. God wants you to multiply. But it's not about me. It's not about you. Let's shift atmospheres right now. It's time to stop complaining about the violence in the city and start changing the culture. And that only starts by changing our own houses first. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.